Hi everyone, today is March 16, 2019, and this is the Duels that's been your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week in the Duel world, we have a ton of new news. The Ubel event started, so uh, it's your first chance. If it's if it's your first chance to acquire Ubel, you get the um, character with a lot of cards that can compete in um, PvP, so there's a lot of uh, free-to-play stuff there, and also a bunch of new cards from her event. Um is we're going to go over the remaining cards from the mini box dimension of wizards we didn't go over last time of course uh, i went over the srs and urs last time today i'm going to talk about some of the rs and ends and notable archetypes from the deck um we have news of the 5d's characters leveling up to level 35 we're going to talk about more of that next week but it's a notable thing we have doug's casual deck of the week he's going to talk about a new psychic synchro deck uh, using some of the new cards, and of course, the biggest news of all, nerfs. Nerfs are finally here. We've got two skill changes and four uh, limitless changes. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit, and that's what our survey this week is themed, is themed over, and we have a lot of responses from the community because this is one of the biggest and most expected uh, nerfs going on around or balance change. Um, going around a really long time, and it's going to definitely shake up things for the future. So as for myself, I have had an uneventful week in the dual world. Um, I've just been playing the dinosaur deck with uh, Hassleberry's cards. I think I recently changed the deck to 21 cards, which is probably a bad move. Um, I think I'm using two baby Sarasaurus, and I probably need to cut something else to have 20 instead. But I've just been uh, you know, dueling the, the ranked duels as much as I as much as I need to, and just doing the PVE, I, I must admit that as a person who enjoys games, I have to play other games at other times, and Warframe has done a new uh, thing where you get to unlock a new character, and uh, it's in the open world phase, and there's too many activities to do, and I'm, I'm doing horrible there. I'm not, I'm not even going to probably unlock the character because I suck too much at that game, but... Uh, a lot of my time has gone on there, so part of it is uh, in Duel Links, I need to get to Legend at least to skip some of the parts for the Kaiba Cup next month. Um, I don't think I'm particularly good at this Dinosaur deck, much more than any other player, so I might have to switch back to Vampires to give Vampires a final send-off, that's spoiler alert, if you're not aware of the nerfs, or I could play Karkuris. They're not going to get nerfed at all, so uh, they might be one of the decks going forward. So, definitely have to uh, get to Legend. It's pretty. It's not going to be a challenge at all. It's just putting in the games, of course. So, we're going to talk about uh, esports this week. Dueling's Meta Weekly uh, sixty three. They've implemented the nerfs. Uh, we're going to talk about the nerfs after this, um, after these results. But they, uh, what they do is they typically prepare the players ahead of time for the nerfs, so they could try out the new decks ahead of time. And uh, the nerfs were implemented for this event, and most people bought Ancient Gears and Dinosaurs. Those are the decks typically not hit by the nerfs. And in the top 32, 12 of the, of the 32 were Ancient Gears, but only one of them made it to the top 4. Amazonas and Dinos were next at 4 each. So let's look at the top 4 decks. The Specialist, first place with level augmentation. Of course, level augmentation is Karakuri. Um, 
So the main thing that's different about this card card deck is there's two Skullmeisters. And Skullmeister is a card, when an effect is activated from the opponent's graveyard, you can quick effect, send this to the graveyard, and negate that effect. So that's mainly a dinosaur thing. You counter you counter the um, survival's end with Skullmeister. Otherwise, it's the same card curry deck you've seen before in the past. Um, I guess Floodgate, they, they ran Paleozoic maybe, or Treacherous, I'm not sure. But uh, the Skullmeisters pretty much took up the spot of the Karibo or some other utility trap in the in that slot. But otherwise, the same deck, same Monster Core, three Komachi, three Merchant, two Soldiers, one Strategist. And the extra deck remains the same. We've got some um, you know, new Synchros from the new box, but I guess mathematically, you've got your odd number uh, Synchros here, which makes sense for the deck. Second place, Skillshot, Destiny Calling Destiny. A masked hero deck. So you've got your typical monsters. Um, you got deci- two deciders, two celestials, two drill darks. It's kind of like the old school uh, look. Destiny Calling, of course, is a new skill. Not a new skill, but it's a skill that wasn't really seen before, but lets you play um, Dark City, which gives your monsters a thousand attack. And uh, that kind of lets your Anki get to 3,800 when they're facing a 3,000 attack monster. So it's definitely a good move. Um, there's some old cards, and there's a new card, Bad Aim, here. Uh, that's from the new... That's from Absolute Inferno, actually, not from the new mini box. From the last box. Third place, Fatty Power, Sealed Tombs, Masked Hero. And this one is slightly different. You've only got one each Celestial, one Celestial, one Drill Dark. There's two solid so- Elemental Hero Solid Soldiers, three Deciders. And this one also uses uh, Masked Hero, Diane, in the extra deck. Most of... The other decks just used uh, Anki, but this one runs uh, Diane as well. And I think Diane works better with uh, Solid Soldier, too. And third place, Zildas Dinosaurs. This is the Survival Zen Dinosaurs. Um, it looks the same as your regular Dinosaur deck, but there is no um, Swamp Mirror here. Typically, you do see one or two Swamp Mirrors, and this one is a bit different. I guess they're switching to more Floodgates. It could be something to look forward uh, as you're as you're playing the ranks in in dual links. It might be useful to consider putting in your floodgates. So it's two floodgates and three Paleozoic Canadians for maximum control. And um, you know, moving along since it, uh, moving along with the nerfs, the tier list has been updated accordingly. So the changes are this: Ancient Gears remain in first place. Dinosaurs have been promoted all the way to tier one. Known in Tier 2, our Curries remain Tier 3, Buster Blader and Vampires as a result of the nerfs have been dropped to Tier 3, Kawaki Meru has been bumped all the way from number 1 to High Potential, and Masked Heroes were added to High Potential, and Lavals were removed from High Potential. So all of that leads uh, leads to what are the nerfs, like what, what exactly happened. So let's talk about the skills first. So... A trick up the sleeve. So, I can't, I don't think we could say that Blue Eyes has been a good deck for a little bit. It it's it'll get you somewhere in ranked, definitely. But it's not really a tournament deck anymore. It gets outclassed by some of the other decks, and I think this change had more to do with flavor. And I do like that Konami looks at these things. Um, you know, when when Blue Eyes was rampant. 
there was that meme of uh there's always that uh Simpsons meme where Homer's the only one in the bar who's something and everyone else is the other thing and um it's like Arcane is the new master of blue eyes cuz you know everyone ran trick up the sleeve for blue eyes so I think this had to do with that and it, it makes it makes a lot of sense I think frankly um I I'm sure there are people who love playing the deck but I think this change is pretty good so what happens here is that the de- the skill requires a level 7 dark spellcaster to be in the deck to activate. And there's no special summoning of an effect monster during your first turn. So this kind of limits you to the Dark Magician, of course. You can play the Blue Eyes deck with a Dark Magician just in the deck. That's probably your best bet if you want to keep playing this deck. But the second requirement of no special summoning of an effect monster during the first turn would kind of kill the deck, I think. Because um, you can't play Cosmo Brain. That's kind of how they start off the deck. Um, so I think... I think Dark Magician does have a ton of tools. We have a lot of cards with Dark Magician synergy, and of course they go along with it. So uh, I don't think this would be used in Blue Eyes anymore, frankly, because of the Cosmo Brain. Um, you can't play Cosmo Brain turn one, so uh, that changes a lot of things. Um, so yeah, that... That's one change, and the the more meta uh, competitive meta relevance change is to last gamble. Last gamble can only activate turn seven onwards instead of turn five onwards. So basically, you wait a whole turn. If you go, if you go uh, first, you're going to go on turn seven. If you go second, you're going to go on turn eight. So that's how basically one full turn. Um, you know the. Decks that typically use Last Gamble, I'm just thinking of Buster Blader, but I'm sure there are other ones. Uh, Battery Men used to use them. Lavals probably use them. And they um, they have to stall. I think Buster Bladers have to stall a little more than Lavals, but this is another turn of stalling. It's hard to say if they're gone. I don't think they're gone. I think, you know, skills get nerfed sometimes, and people think that the skill's dead and the deck's dead, but I think this one can still go on. There's more stall tools now than ever, and... The deck just has to change a little. The deck has to be more controlling and stalling. So I think this is definitely not the end for Last Gamble Buster Blader, but could be the end for some other decks. I'm not sure. But uh, the skill is probably not dead yet, I think. Next, I'm going to talk about the Limitless changes. And th- these are a bit more exciting than the skills, I think. Because uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is pretty... F- infamous for having you know your semi-limit list and your limit list and of course uh, uh going off on a slight tangent the duelings is going to change the name of those limits limited means one of that card in of all the cards in the deck that's gonna be called limit one and semi-limits could be called limit two so uh that's gonna be a change in terminology i guess that makes sense it's more understandable for people of all languages. They see a number, they know how many of that card is needed. So uh, I'm probably gonna keep referring to them as semi-limited or limited. But uh, yeah, um, you get to you get to mix and match about what what semi-limited or limited cards you put into the deck. The one everyone knew was coming. I think everyone who played the game knew. Kawaki Meru Maximus goes from three to one, so gets put on the limited list. Um, you know, the deck was just, not just because the deck was powerful and fast, 
and can negate a bunch of stuff. The deck was super consistent, and Maximus was the power play. Uh, so as long as you can keep it on the board, it's going to destroy two things with its effect. It's going to hit for 3,000. Um, really broken card. And it was just a rare, of course. I think a point I wanted to make was that Konami probably wants to nerf the rare cards instead of the SRs. Because SRs are kind of like, you paid money to get this grind out the box to get this SR, whereas an R just comes in, so. Um, this is the core power play of Kawaki Meru, so it's, you know, consistency takes a hit, the power takes a big hit. Um, there are a ton of Kawaki Meru cards, so they could try to make some other strategy work, but this version seems dead. Just with this, uh, just with this change, this, this, uh, this version of Kawaki Meru seems dead. So I think everyone's happy with this, unless the, you did play Kawaki Meru nonstop. Um, Oh, I think I don't. I don't think it's very fun. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna skip ahead here. Ko- uh, Iron Core of Kawaki Maybe gets semi-limited, so there's two of these now, and I think everyone just expected the Maximus, but not the Iron Core at least. And this confirms that this version of Kawaki Maybe was dead. Um, and putting Iron Core at number at semi-limit restricts all the other semi-limited cards, of course. I think that's sometimes worse. Putting putting a card on a semi-limited list is sometimes more damaging than putting them on a limited list. And you can't use Econ, you can't use Hey True Need, you can't use Treacherous Trap Hole. So um, this aggressive, fast, consistent version of Kuakamiru is confirmed dead. I think two Iron Cores and three Diamond Cores can get you somewhere if you're creative with the deck. Maybe use some Rook Lords. I don't know. Um, I know that there's a there's a gazillion Kawakimaru cards that go into type uh, type situations. So there's rocks, there's machines, or whatever. Uh, but this version is dead. Uh, this is confirmed. Spellbook of Eternity gets put on the limited list. So there's only one Spellbook of Eternity allowed. Um, it's not like the deck's going to compete with anything with the limited list. So it's just going to be, you know, two of these are cut from the deck. It's the main recycling card. It lets you reuse what you use when you banish Spellbook of Fate. I mean, what you banish cards from the graveyard to use Spellbook of Fate, so this recycles. And if you recall, Spellbook of Fate is already semi-limited, so that's two of. After you use your two Spellbooks of Fate and your Silent Magician is dead, there's not much the deck can do, so this really... Spellbooks uh, sometimes grind people out, and this would this kind of kills it. They, this gives them, you know, the ability to just recycle one banished card instead of three, so that's big. So spellbooks might be on their way out as well. And Konami did note for spellbooks and vampires, which I'll talk about, that these decks need to go just because of to keep the meta fresh. So <laughs> it's not like they were Kawaki Mayus where they were, you know, super good. I think Spellbooks have been like a Tier 3 type deck for a while. But I think it's more of a let's let some of the other decks play type situation. And going on to Vampires, this one uh, hurts me a little bit, I must admit. Samurai Skull gets put from gets put on the semi-limited list. So two Samurai Skulls allowed. Um, I feel like I talk about this almost every time I talk about Vampires. But Samurai Skull is one of the best cards in Vampires. It's always been better than Gozuki because you get the ability off right away on normal summon. So 
everyone's playing Paleozoic, Canadia, or Floodgate, so you get the ability off to dump something into the graveyard, and then it gets uh, as the additional, you know, the effect destruction ability, which people overlook. And so this card's consistency takes a hit. I personally only have two Gozukis, so let's say you switch to three Gozukis and two Skulls, maybe that works, but that doesn't work for me. I'm going to have to dig through some old box to get a, a third Gozuki. So this could be it for me and Vampires, and uh, they can't use Econ. That's huge for Vampires. Um, so I don't know if Vampires will be, still be around. I think they could still get a... The deck is good enough that they... Uh, they can get around as a lower tier deck and still win ranked duels for sure. But the consistency is definitely going to be much worse with fewer Samurai Skulls around. Because the nerfs were the biggest item of the week, I decided to theme my survey of the question of the week uh, around it. And a kind of apologies here. I, I, I was at work in the middle of the day. I, I work off-site sometimes, so I was off-site eating lunch, and uh, I remembered to put up this question, and I could have thought it out better, you know, got some better choices out, but, you know, I was in a rush, so uh, I could have I could have had some better options here, but it worked out in the end. Um, the survey asked, what will be the top deck after all the nerfs go into effect? And the choices I gave were Ancient Gears, Karakuri, New Deck, and Old Deck. And New Deck meaning some, you know, some deck from this new mini box or something, or last box, old deck meaning some some deck like Masked Heroes comes back and does number one again. So, Ancient Gears, this was actually uh, the biggest survey so far, so thanks for everyone for participating in the survey. Ancient Gears, 66% of respondents said Ancient Gears will be number one. Only 4% say Car Curry, so that one, um, that's a deck that people don't expect at all. I should have had dinosaurs, actually. Yeah, dinosaurs would have been a good option. <laughs> New decks, 12%. Old deck, 18%. So here are the comments uh, for the survey. For IML says, Wild Heart will be tier 0, and I will not stop until I gain my seat in Kaiba Cup. So um, I think one of the guys did really well with the Wild Heart deck in the, the last to last Kaiba Cup, I think. So for IML might be onto something. Uh, with the Wild Heart deck, of course. Pro Bench Warmer says, once someone cracks the code with Psychics, they can be a solid rogue competitor. Yeah, we've got a lot of new Psychic cards in the new box. And uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, uh, Doug's going to talk about a deck later, a uh, Psychic deck. So they, they definitely can be. I think they have a lot of tools. Uh, speaking of Doug, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk says, I'm voting Ancient Gears, but I really like where Psychics are at right now. Of course, um, as we mentioned, Psychics are going to be uh, the deck building challenge. Well, who's going to come up with the Psychic deck that could be meta relevant? Our Game Penguin says, Ancient Gears and the Dino deck everyone made with Hassleberry. My poor vamps. I kept reading that the nerf wouldn't hurt them that badly, but having to choose between Skull and Econ really hurt. Dropped two levels last night trying to prepare for a post-nerf. It isn't fun. Yeah, this uh, this is definitely true for any vampire player. I think part of the appeal of playing vampires was the you feel like you outskilled everyone. Sometimes <laughs> I I definitely take pride in that. Sometimes, uh, but yeah, this this is definitely gonna hit them really hard. 
it's not going to be your frontline deck anymore, I don't think. You can't really go play the deck with confidence unless you have some super cool build that, you know, takes advantage but it takes advantage of the meta, but this version isn't going to be too good. It might just be uh we might just have the 9 days left to play this deck. Call Me Corp says, I've been testing spellbooks since I heard about the ban list, and the deck is basically dead. It will never be on the tier list again. Sad. I've made spellbooks for a long time, moving on to Firefist and Lavals as of now. Another tweet says, Ancient Gears is really oppressive right now, counters a lot of strong decks in the meta. Gravel Storm is a great tech in all decks at the moment. To return Gear Town or Castle to the hand after a destroy effect is activated, hashtag kill Ancient Gears. So two things going on with Call Me Corpse. They are a spellbooks player, and they they personally believe that um, spellbook of eternity being put on the limit list would kill the deck. I I believe him or her. Um, I personally am not. I don't think I've ever played spellbooks, so you definitely lose that recycle ability, and it's it's pretty devastating. And uh, they believe that ancient gears is number one. Gravel storm could be a good tech. That's a card I've never seen. Uh, but it's definitely something you could try. I think it bounce, yeah, it bounces the uh, Gear Town or Castle back to the hand. Okay, so now we are going to talk about the remaining cards from Dimensions of Wizards. Of course, last time I didn't have the energy or time to talk about all the R's and N's, so I, that's what I'm going to do right now. And I'm going to break it down by archetype because there are R, um, fairly separated archetypes for these cards. So spell counters are one of the new archetypes, and um, Arcanine Magician was the highlight uh, from that from the URs, and also Breaker the Mag- Defender the Magical Knight. I'm sorry. Um, here is a much worse card: Explosive Magician, level six Synchros spellcaster. Requires a tuner and a non-tuner spellcaster. 2,500, 1,800, six stars. Remove two spell counters from your side of the field to select and destroy one. Spell or trap card your opponent controls. Um, it could be a use maybe with uh, Serb. You could get Serb uh, a lot of counters by playing a lot of spells. Maybe there's something there with spell, a new spellbook deck. I'm not sure. But paying two spell counters to destroy one spell or trap only, not even the monster, sounds bad. Um, it's a budget Arcanite mag- uh, Magician. for That's all it seems to be. Mythical Bestiary is a quick play. Send the top two cards of your deck to the graveyard target a face of card on the field. You could place a spell counter and put two spell counters on it. If this is destroyed by a card effect, special summon one monster from your deck that you could put spell counters on and put two spell counters on it. So, play card is always good. And you could get four spell counters. The situational ability isn't too far-fetched. I think a lot of people do play, like, you know, your Galaxy Cyclones or your Ancient Gear abilities, so... You could get a monster and get up to four spell counters. And Power of the Guardians is an equipped card that does a lot. If an attack is declared involving the equipped monster, place one spell counter on this card. The equipped monster gains 500 attack and defense for each spell counter on this card. If the equipped monster would be destroyed by battle or card effect, you can remove one spell counter from your field instead. This is recurring protection for the monster. Uh, gives It gives it a buff... And it protects it, and it adds spell counters. This is pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, equips equips do fall victim to a lot of things, and one of them is uh, Paleozoic Canadia flipping it over, so then this just gets destroyed, and the monster's face down. So 
There's always that with equip cards. Let's look at Naturias. There are a lot of Naturia cards here, so I'm going to try to gloss over some of them. Cosmo Beat. A tuner that, uh, it's a level 2 tuner. And when your opponent plays a monster, you can special summon this from your hand. So it's a normal summon or a normal set. You can special summon this from your hand. Tuners are good if they're fast. So, you know, this uh, ideal tuner, Junk Synchron, gets a 3 plus 2, so that's a flow of 5. This is a free tuner on level 2. But uh, the good thing... The, the bad thing is it's susceptible to attack. So it comes during your opponent's turn, before their battle phase. So it's fast, but you need to protect it for sure. I like Naturia Cherries. It's a one-star tuner. When it's sent from the, field to the, from the field to the graveyard by battle card effect or being destroyed, you could special summon up to two cherries from your deck in face-down face defense. So this, this lets you get two tuners... Onto the board right away. It's only a level 1. So it's flexible with whatever monster comes out next. And it thins out the deck. So I, I really do like this. Um, I feel like this is a tuner. That could be slotted into any deck. That is fine with a level 1 earth tuner. So I think this one would see a lot of play. For those reasons. Ragweed is a card that counters card curries. Um, when your opponent draws a card. Except during the draw phase. You tribute this card to draw two cards. You give up your board. This card is 2,000 defense, so it's nice to be on the board, but you can't give it up. And it only counters card curry, so it's limited there. Sacred Tree is a trap card that kind of allows you to swap your monsters out, so you could switch your earth insects to a earth plant, or you could sacrifice your plant earth plants to a earth insect. So you got to switch your insects and your plants. That kind of it kind of only works with uh, Naturias because they use both types, but not the most useful card. Naturia Vein. I don't like this card. It You have to tribute two monsters to destroy one, so it's a one for two. Uh, I mean, a two for one. I don't know. It's, it's not good advantage. <laughs> Rose Whip. This is a good card. It's a, it's a very interesting card. Level 3 plant tuner, 400 attack, 1700 defense. Your opponent can play, can only activate one spell or trap per turn. So, lockdown card. Uh, could be a stall card. It, it doesn't have to be played in Naturias. You could just play three of these. Good lockdown card. I like this card. Tulip is an aggro card that kind of fits the old uh, beatdown uh, Naturia type deck. Might be better off tie that binds now, but uh, when your opponent activates a spell or trap, you, all your Naturias gain 500 attack until the end phase. So it kind of fits the old aggro strategy. Ladybug kind of helps the sick growth, so it helps your Landoys hit a little harder. 1,000 more attack. Naturia Forest is a field card. If you, you can negate the, if you have negate the activation of a card your opponent controls, add a level 3 or lower Naturia Moxer from your deck to your hand. So this, this field doesn't buff, which kind of sucks, because typically you want the fields to do something extra. And um, it's situational on you negating an effect. Of course, the Naturias do specialize on that, and this just adds it to the hand. It's similar to UA Stadium, but it doesn't give the power buffs that UA Stadium gives. And it's condition more conditional, I think. Next up are the Psychics, and 
The first one is a Synchro Psychic Life Transfer Level 7 Psychic Synchro. Uh, no tuning requirements. Once per turn, you can remove from play one Psychic Monster from your graveyard to gain 1,200 life points. 2,400 attack, 2,000 defense. This is more of a setup card for using Psychic Field Zone, so if that ever becomes a card, um, this helps set up that. It has some attack. It's not the most impressive attack, but Psychics never really were uh, doing that. And 1,200 life points. That's very interesting. Uh, I don't think the 1,200 really has a point, but when you're using Psychokinesis, you're losing 1,000 each. So this gives you a little extra buffer to use that last uh, Psychokinesis. And of course, this is the monster that is on the art of Psychokinesis. So it goes along with that. You get a little extra buff in your life points so you can use more of your Psychokinesis. Psychic Commander is a 3-star Psychic Tuner. When a Psychic Monster you control battles during the damage step, you can pay life points and multiples of 100, max 500, to have the monster it's battling lose that much attack and defense until the end phase. So this this lets you give up life points, which isn't much at all. It's only going to be 500 at most, and you're going to make the monster lose 500 at, at most. Um, it's going to be interesting how they do this. Uh, it's going to be a lot of... Kind of a quick ability, you're going to have to toggle, not toggle, you have to go to you have a little scroll down menu to pick which <laughs> what you want, so I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but it's not too consequential, I think. Um, you're going to need some strong monsters to beat some 3,000 attack monsters, so I don't know. doesn't seem too useful. Esper Girl, uh, level 2 Psychic Tuner, when this removed from play card is special summoned, Remove from play the top card of your deck face down. When this is sent from the field to the graveyard, add that removed card to your hand. So this has some banner synergy. Uh, it gets you a card slowly over time. And it's going to be sent to the field. It's going to be sent to the graveyard when you use it as a tuning uh, for synchro summon. So it seems good. It seems like it will draw you a card over time. Psychic Tracker. This is a pretty good card too. It's a level 3 Psychic. 1600 attack, 600 defense. If you control a level 3 monster other than Psychic Tracker, you can special summon this card from your hand in defense mode. If you use this effect once per turn, a Synchro monster that used this as a material gains 600 attack. So, this is like a wheel dealer. It's, it's a fast monster. You get your sync, you get your tuner out, and then this gets uh, special summoned. And the 600 attack is good for the life transfer, because... She will get 3,000 attack, which lets her compete with other 3,000 attack monsters. Past image. I mean, telekinetic charging cell. Equip card. Equip only to a psychic monster. You do not have to pay life points to activate its effects. When the equipped monster is destroyed and, and this is sent to the graveyard, pay 1,000 life points to return this to the hand. This is. This doesn't seem like a meta card, but it seems like a fun card. There are cards that pay a lot of life points. Um, Destructotron, Overdrive, Teleporter, and Master Gig are all psychic cards with big abilities that pay a lot of life. And when they're equipped with this card, you don't have to pay anything. Um, of course, uh, equips suck because you flip them over and they get destroyed. Uh, they're an extra card, of course. But this is this is like a big play card. I don't see it being like a meta. If psychics ever become meta, I don't see it being part of it, but... More of a fun card. Past image, trap card. If you control a face-up psychic, 
Target one monster your opponent controls, banish it. During the next standby phase, it returns to your opponent's side of the field in the same battle position. So, this is a pretty good board clear. It can hit a face up or face down, which is good. And it also removes buffs, destroys equip cards. Pretty good. I think this is... Uh, of course, the space-time police in the image makes sense. Banished for like half by one turn. It comes back during your opponent's turn. But it's a good board clear when you need to attack directly. You just use this on the monster. They go away. And Mental Seeker is a level 3 Psychic Tuner. When this removed from play, a play card is special summoned. Reveal the top 3 cards of your opponent's deck. Choose one of those cards and remove it from play. Shuffle the others into the deck. So this is Disruption. Uh, Spellbooks ran the library so they could kind of, you know, uh, scry what cards they want. This uh, is Disruption. I don't think this card would see play, frankly. But, um, you know, you never know. This could be a very valuable ability. And Psychic Field Zone. Normal spell. Select two of your removed from play monsters. One Psychic Tuner and one one Psychic Non-Tuner. Return them to the graveyard and special summon one Psychic Synchro Monster from your extra deck in face of defense whose level equals the levels of those monsters. This is... A recycle card for synchro summoning, but it also um, lets you synchro summon from the graveyard. So it's kind of, there's a there's a fusion card like that. I don't think it's Gemini Fusion, but it was um it's one of the elemental hero ones where you get to use the monsters from the graveyard. But uh, this, like I said, this works pretty good with life transfer. Life transfer can remove the monsters and set up those big plays, so you can keep getting more life transfers out or other psychic monsters too. Next up are the Madal Shays, and this archetype only has two in the R's and N's, and uh, they've been they've been released. Apparently, all the cards have been released except for the XZ summons and the Link summons. So we have almost all the cards there, and the key to that is that we don't have the XZs. So I think this archetype is a sleeper. They they might be good when XZs come out because they have all their cards here. Madal Shea Marmalade, 4-star spellcaster, 800-2000. When it's destroyed, uh, you sent it back to your deck. When it's flipped face-up, you can target one Madal Shea. Spell or trap it in your graveyard, add, it, add that target to your hand. So This is kind of like a pseudo-endless trap hell type card. You keep recycling your spells and traps, and this card's infinite herself. She goes back to the deck, so you could keep doing that and fatigue your opponent. Madal Shea Bapple, 3-star beast, 1800 defense, zero attack. Basically, this card, um, when it's flipped up, I mean, uh, once per turn, target one attack position, Malache you control, one attack position your monster controls, change into defense mode, and the ones changed can't have their battle position changed until the end of your opponent's turn. So, I think there's a better card here, uh, Chikolatis. This is more of like a budget, uh, budget monster. Anyhow, um, those are all of those cards. And now the the new uh, fairy tale archetype, of course. This is pretty much the whole set, I think, of the fairy tale monsters. And they all revolve around the Golden Castle of Stromberg. The field spell. Once per turn during your standby phase, you, can, you must banish 10 cards from the top of your deck face down. It's not optional, or this card is destroyed. During your main phase, you can special summon one monster from your deck. 
that specifically lists the card Golden Castle of Stromberg in its text. You cannot normal summon or set. The turn you activate this effect, even if this card leaves the field. You can only use this effect once per turn. When an opponent's monster declares an attack, destroy the attacking monster, and if you do, inflict damage to your opponent equal to half the attack the monster had on the field. So this is a archetype defining card. It's high cost, high reward. You can special summon any monster from your deck. So, I mean, you have to banish 10 cards. That's, you know, during your standby phase. But, so you could use it for free for one turn, I guess. And you can pick any monster from your deck, and there's going to be a variety of monsters you want to use with the Golden Castle of Stromberg. So it's, it's almost like you have unlimited control of which cards you use. Of course, you can mill all, all of that monster in the 10. It also lets you be immune to attacks. So, um, it's kind of like you have to win in those two or three turns before you lose by getting milled. And it's very high risk, high reward. It's a very, it, it, it could spiral into a deck that is very unfun to play against. Of course, the card is more consistent when you have three uh, copies of Glyph the Phantom Bird, which is an SR in this box. That's why they made it an SR. And it could be very fun, fun to play against, or it could be a deck that just sucks. I think um, it's okay to have it. It's okay to have this archetype so as long as there are enough counters, and so as long as it's not OP. One of the main cards here is Princessin, a 4-star fairy, 300-600. When this is normal or special summoned, you can special summon a pumpkin carriage from your hand or deck. Then, if Golden Castle of Stromberg is in the field, you can equip one Glass Slippers to this card, from your deck to this card. You can use this effect once per turn. When this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent by direct attack, target Glass Slippers equipped to this card and target, and a face-up monster on the field equipped Glass Slippers to that target. So, a lot going on here. Pumpkin Carriage is a 3-star plant. Your Princessin can attack directly. Your opponent cannot target Golden Castle of Stromberg with effects it can't be destroyed so what happens is you play princess in from your deck that, that special summons pumpkin carriage from the deck and then you get glass slippers glass slippers is an equip card if this is equipped to a fairy it gains a thousand attack if it's equipped to a non-fairy it cannot attack and loses a thousand attack if it's sent to the graveyard because the equipped monster is destroyed, target a princessin and equip this to the princessin. It's a combo. You have all three of these cards working together. Princessin can hit directly for 1300, which is not too bad. Um, it's a combo of the pumpkin carriage and the glass slippers. And of course, you could put the glass slippers to disable an opponent's monster. Glass slippers, frankly, is a card that can not that can be used in a stall deck. You could just use it like a mask of restrict. Except they don't, you know, take the 500 burn damage. They just can't attack, and they lose a thousand attacks. They're just stuck there. It, as long as they don't have any extra ability, of course. These three cards are very powerful. I think uh, it's a very strong combo. So as long as you don't build too many of those cards. The other uh, cards that go along with the fairy tale archetype are Iron Hands, Iron Hans. 4-star warrior, 1,200-800. When this is summoned, special summon Iron Knight from your deck. Also, if Golden Castle of Stromberg is not in a field zone, 
when this effect resolves, you cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck for the rest of the turn. You only use this effect once per turn, gains a thousand attack for each Iron Knight you control, while Golden Castle Stromberg is in a field zone. Iron Knight. 4-star warrior, 1700 attack, 700 defense. Loses a thousand attack for while you control Iron Hans. If this card is on the field and destroyed by battle or sent to the graveyard by card effect, add a Iron Hans from your deck to your hand. If Golden Castle of Stromberg is in the field zone, add a warrior from your deck to your hand. Basically what this does is it allows Iron Hans to be a 2200 attacker. Uh, it's more of a beatdown strategy, kind of like tie that binds, overwhelm them. There's two different ways you could play Golden Castle of Stromberg. And the uh, there's a kind of a nutty card they have too. It's a continuous spell called Iron Cage. When this is activated, send one Monkstery control to the graveyard, or if Golden Castle of Stromberg is in the field zone, send one Monkstery your opponent controls to the graveyard instead. Once per turn during your standby phase, target the Monkstery that was sent to the graveyard by this effect, destroy this card, and if you do special summon that Monkstery to your field. So this lets you destroy a Monkstery your opponent controls, and then during the next standby phase, so as long as this card remains on the field, you steal that Monkstery. This is pretty broken. Of course, Golden Castle Stromberg is a card that mills 10 per standby phase, too. So that delay is justified, I think. it's So as long as they don't you know, banish this card or destroy it, you can steal that monster. It seems like this archetype is very flashy, but so much can go wrong. I feel like they'll never be a great deck, but I feel like they can compete a little bit. Might be good enough for some of the lower ranks. And uh, a couple of other notable cards. Old Vindictive Magician is basically a man-eater bug on an old guy. So uh, that's... You get a uh, R copy of a man-eater bug. And Mech Knight Avram is a 4-star 2000 Psychic. So uh, two other notable cards from that mini box. We're done with the uh, mini box. And now I'm going to talk about U-Bell for this week. It's the return of U-Bell. And... Um, you know, you get to acquire U-Bell for the first time. It's a very common deck you see in in the ladder. And um, you can farm U-Bell a few ways. The raw farm or the 1400 defense farm, which I started doing. And you can see it from this link on Duel Link's meta. Basically, you try to get out monsters with 1400 defense, normal monsters, so you use a different one each turn. This one lists a Magical Ghost, Feral Imp, Fiend Kraken, and Tyhoon. I use some other ones. I uh, So... I, I personally hate farming, so if it makes it more fun, any way is possible. So I uh, I like to use uh, different cards for that 1400 defense farm. And I'm going to talk about the new cards here. Um, Duke Shade, the Sinister Shadow Lord, is a 4-star fiend, 500 attack, 2000 defense. You contribute any number of dark monsters to special summon this card from your hand. If you do, it gains 500 attack for each monster attributed. This card is normal or special summoned. You can target one level 5 or higher Dark Monster in your graveyard, add it to your hand. You can only use this effect once per turn. Um, you cannot special summon monsters to turn. You cannot special summon monsters to turn. You activate either of this card's effect except for Dark Monsters. So, if you sacrifice 3 monsters to special summon, it's going to be a 2000. And if you, special, if you tribute 2, it'll just be 1500. That doesn't seem very useful, but. It can help get you uh, your Dark Necrofear. I could ramp up your Dark Necrofear for that turn and play this and then play another monster. So there's a combo there that you could do. 
Second, uh, recyclability is better for some fiend synergy. I think I think the first one is how you do it, but you just need to get a lot of monsters on the board to set up that play. Next card is Evil Swarm Haralsaveg. Four-star Winged Beast. 1150-1850. Flip effect, target one face-up card your opponent controls, return that to the hand. Very simple ability. I think you want to destroy the monster in most cases, but some decks do excel in bringing back the monsters. So, it's also good against uh, extra deck summons, so you could kind of drain them of the resources. So, I, I, I think destroying it is better, but there are some situations where bouncing it could be advantageous. And finally, uh, Renge, Gatekeeper of Dark World, is just a fiend with uh, 4 stars, 100 attack, 2100 defense. We do have a few cards that have 2100 defense as 4 star monsters, but this is the only normal monster... And that just screams Exodia. So, um, you know, it's it's got some defense, and it's a normal monster, so you could use Heart of the Underdog to help draw more cards. And Ubel also has a new skill you could obtain called Painful Evolution. It lets you ramp your Ubel form from one to the other, so there's three forms. You, get, you promote each form, basically. And you don't have to use Fire King Volcano, uh... Typically, you use Fire, Fire King Volcano to destroy Ubel in the hand. This lets you exchange Ubel from the board to the monster in your hand, but the condition is the next form has to be in your hand. So, I think that's a big if that limits the ability of the skill being used over My Name is Ubel. But uh, if you if you're playing you bell without the fire king cards this is what you would use but i think fire king stays uh um there's also the update this week of five these characters being leveled up to 35 i think this is um i mean everyone knows this is huge you're getting two gem rewards each time a gold reward and two cards so uh, a few new cards some repeats i'm not going to talk about it this week because um there's a lot to go over uh, but I will talk about these cards specifically next week. But for now, we could finally put Hasselberry down. I know some people have already gotten Hasselberry to level 45, so we do have new characters to play. And of course, there's incentives to play those characters in PvP. So like Akiza has that popular uh, What Grows in the Graveyard skill. Uh, you could play your Karakuris, uh, Synchro stuff. So uh, more incentives to play those uh, characters uh, as PvP characters, so you can help level them up at the same time. Or auto-duel, of course. Uh, Doug's casual deck of the week. Doug is back to talk about a Psychic Synchro deck. Um, of course, we uh, I kind of talked about it a few times. Psychics are a bit of an unknown at this point, so... Um, you know, um, this could be... This could spark a new idea for you. This could be the deck you want to play. Um... A lot of cool stuff here, so check out Doug. Uh, he's going to talk about his Psychic Synchro deck right now.
Hey there, this is Doug Dimadul with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. This is my favorite part of the week, and I am excited to get into the next deck. I hope you got yourself a glass of water, because this one is going to be extremely spicy. Now, as you well know, we've recently received our newest box set on March 11th, Dimension of the Wizards, and I know that Green Ranger went into a lot of detail as to the SRs, the URs, and in today's episode, a lot of the uh, rares and commons that are pretty solid to use, but one of the biggest things that I guess I was looking forward to the most when I saw the cards in this box set was the new Psychic Support, and I gotta tell you, it does not disappoint. So, the deck that I've put together really revolves around Psychic Wielder. And, of course, you know, that's the UR that's in the box. I'll kind of get into the whole layout. Um, But essentially, the way that this deck works is utilizing Psychic Wielder to get into some solid Synchro plays, ending up popping a few of your opponent's monsters that have weaker attack than your Synchro monsters, and really doing some serious damage real fast. So the character that I'm using for this is uh, Yami Yugi, using the skill Destiny Draw. Now, in a typical uh, typical Psychic deck, you will see the reduction in life points from effects. In this deck, you really don't see that, but I run those three copies of Psychokinesis, which has that 1,000 life point cost. So in a lot of cases, you should be able to possibly trigger Destiny Draw yourself, depending on how many of these Psychokinesis cards you draw into and how much damage you take during your opponent's turn. So effectively, the way that this is going to work is fill your board with level 3 monsters, hopefully get into a synchro play for either Mist Worm or Hyper Psychic Blaster, or just go into some level 6 plays like Psychic Nightmare and uh, HTS, the Psyhemoth. So there's a few options, a few powerful options, and they kind of stay with that psychic, uh, you know, that psychic theme. So uh, I'll start just going through what I have laid out here. Obviously, you know that the skill is Destiny Draw. But you wanna you wanna have three copies of Psychic Wielder. If you can have two copies, that's fine too, um, because at the end of the day, you should be able to search it out with Serene Psychic Witch. But in this build, I got real lucky. I got three copies, so I'm running three copies of Psychic Wielder. It's level three Psychic Tuner, 600 attack, zero defense. Don't let those stats fool you, because its effect is fantastic. If you control a level 3 monster other than Psychic Wielder, you can special summon this card from your hand in defense position. You can only special summon Psychic Wielder once per turn this way. If this card uh, is sent to the graveyard as Synchro Material, you can then target one monster on the field with less attack than the Synchro monster that, uh, uh, that this card was used as a material for, and destroy it. So you can only use this effect of Psychic Wielder once per turn, but my goodness, when you do, it is extremely effective. So that card is a must-have. Run three copies of it. Again, it's level three. And the next card I have is another level three Psychic. You'll see the theme pretty quickly. Hushed Psychic Cleric. This came from one of the earlier boxes, uh, I guess, was I can't remember if it was the last one or the one before that. Uh, it's another level three Psychic. Zero attack, 2100 defense. I only run two copies of it because I only own two copies of it, but I love the fact that we have a Psychic that has 2100 defense that you don't need to tribute anything for. It's it's just a solid uh, stall tactic, but this card has a really good effect that you could use later in the duel uh, when you start having other Psychic monsters sitting in your graveyard. For whatever reason, I don't have good luck, and I always start my hand with a Hush Psychic Cleric, which is 
not your ideal play, but you can make it work. But anyway, its effect is, if this card is normal or flip summon, change it to defense position. Once per turn, you could send one card from your hand to the graveyard, then target one psychic-type monster in your graveyard and banish that target. If this card is sent from the field to the graveyard, target one monster banished by this card's effect and special summon that target. So this is good, because you know the effect is when it gets sent to the graveyard, not when it's destroyed. So basically you could use Hushed Psychic Cleric as one of your synchro material for either a level 6 or a level 9 synchro play uh, after you've used its effect to banish one of the monsters in your graveyard. Once it gets said to the graveyard uh, as used for synchro material, you could take that banished monster and put it back on the field. So hopefully you have a good psychic sitting in your graveyard and hopefully you could uh, generate some OTK potential plays uh, through that as well. So moving on from that, we have Serene Psychic Witch. This is a must-have, a must-have three of. So I run three copies of Psychic uh, of Serene Psychic Witch, another level three psychic. There you go. 1400 attack, 1200 defense. When this card on the field is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, you can banish one Psychic-type monster with 2,000 or less attack from your deck. During the next standby phase, if this card stays in the graveyard, special summon the monster banished by this card's effect. So you could use this to get out your Psychic Wielder if you didn't have it in your hand, or get another one of your level 3 Psychic Monsters if you have a Psychic Wielder in your hand that you want to use next turn. Now the only drawback is that Serene Psychic Witch has to stay stay in the graveyard. So if your opponent is doing some shenanigans where they're uh, banishing cards from your graveyard after Serene Psychic Witch is destroyed, or if they shuffle uh, Psychic Witch back into the deck, or in the scenario where you're playing against Ancient Gears where they're negating the effect of your monster uh, when it's being attacked into, okay, it really doesn't work out, and that's just a bad matchup, so Serene Psychic Witch won't work in that case. But in a lot of other decks where really the goal is just to destroy stuff on the field, uh, Serene Psychic Witch's effect should activate and should generate within your ne- within the next standby phase. So uh, this is really the searcher for the deck. It gets you your synchro plays as quickly as possible, and that's really the point of this deck. So moving on, another new card, Psychic Tracker, Level 3 Psychic, 1600 attack, 600 defense. If you control a level 3 monster other than Psychic Tracker, you can special summon this card from your hand in defense position. You can only special summon Psychic Tracker once per turn this way. Now a synchro monster that used this card as material gains 600 attack. So this is crucial because... A lot of the level 6 synchro monsters that I run have a uh, 2400 attack. So when Psychic Tracker is used as one of the synchro materials, uh, it'll boost that monster to 3000 attack. And when your tuner in the deck is Psychic Wielder, the 600 uh, attack boost takes effect first. So what you're looking for when you're popping a card is then a monster with three thousand or with attack less than 3000 instead of less than 2400. So you have more... Uh, more opponent's monsters that you would be then able to uh, send to the graveyard or destroy through that effect. So another thing that I like to see people use in their um, in their extra deck is that uh, Gaia uh, Synchro card, since it starts with a 2600 uh, attack. When you use Psychic Tracker with Psychic Wielder, that ends up making it a 3200 uh, attack synchro monster. So if you're trying to get uh, Blue Eyes popped, or if you're trying to get an Ancient Gear uh, a Reactor Dragon popped off the field, you can utilize the effect of Psychic Tracker to get that Gaia's uh, attack to where it needs to be to then effectively utilize 
the uh, the effect of Psychic Wielder. So these two go hand in hand. There's uh, another one of those Psychic Monsters that it seems like a trio, but I don't really see it fitting into this deck, so I don't run it. Uh, but what I do run instead, and this is my last monster that I run three of, is Watt Psychic Fighter. Now you're probably wondering, oh man, I really haven't heard of that card in a while. What box did it come in? That came in the Crimson Kingdom box from 2017. So uh, yeah, this is a bit of a throwback, but I really like getting this card late in the game. It's another level 3 Psychic, and this one has 1500 attack and 300 defense. But here's why I like Watt Psychic Fighter. When this card is normal or special summoned, you could target one card in your opponent's graveyard, place it on either the top or the bottom of their deck. You can only use this effect once per turn. So the reason why I like this a lot is with decks that are doing a lot of graveyard shenanigans, you're talking things like uh, vampires where maybe they're setting themselves up for their next turn, that they're going to bring one of their vampires back out onto the field like uh, uh, you know one of their two searcher cards. Well, you bring in Watt Psychic Fighter, you normal summon them, or you could special summon them in different ways. That effect activates and... You could send that card to the bottom of the of your opponent's deck, so they're not going to be able to use that uh, graveyard effect in their next turn. The other reason why I like this a lot is late game, if there's going to be a card that my opponent won't have a lot of use for, uh, you basically control what they're going to be top decking. If there's a card that's really not relevant to where you're at in the duel, yeah, put that card on top of their deck. Watt Psychic Fighter makes that happen, and that's where you can kind of get some cheesy plays going late game with Watt Psychic Fighter. So uh, that's not something that you really want to open your hand with, but, you know, hey, it, I think just for balance, I still run three copies of it because it is a good card, and it's one of the higher attack monsters, <laughs> believe it or not, out of the uh, group of level threes. So, uh, like I said, 1,500 attack, it's not that comparable, but at the end of the day, you're really just going to be using it for synchro material, but first activating its effect. So, a uh, pretty powerful card, really underrated at this point in uh, in the current meta and the way that we're playing the game right now. So, uh, I recommend it. It's a good addition. And as I mentioned earlier, my three spell cards in the deck are all Psychokinesis. If you've ran a Psychic deck before... You know this card very well, and uh, it's a classic. If you control a Psychic-type monster, target one card on the field. Not a monster, not a spell or trap, any card. So anything that your opponent controls, have at it. So you destroy it, and then when you do, you take 1,000 damage. So this can trigger different skills. Uh, like I said, I run Destiny Draw for this deck, so this helps me bring me down to that uh, 2,000 life points that I need to activate Destiny Draw that next turn. So, yeah, you can do some pretty good stuff with it, but it's a good way to get rid of back row threats, uh, pesky monsters that you're having issues with. Uh, just utilize Psychokinesis and make some magic happen. Now, last, I run three copies of the Trap card, past image. Now this came out in the newest box and I think this is a highly highly underrated card. If you control a face-up psychic type monster, target one monster your opponent controls and banish it. Notice how it doesn't say face up. You can banish face down cards if they're setting stuff on the field. Anyway, during the next standby phase, it returns to the opponent's side of the field in the same battle position. So I'll use this card a lot to stall out if I know that I'm in trouble and I have a face-up psychic monster on the field to then you know, be able to use this trap card and then banish that monster, knowing darn well it's going to be back on the field the next turn, but then I could go into my synchro play and pop it and not have to worry about it. But um, the thing that is also effective about this trap card is that 
It's not limited to being activated in the damage step or the battle phase. So this gets around uh, those ancient gear decks because you could activate this card during the main phase. Heck, you could even activate this during the end phase if you still have a face-up psychic-type monster on the field. So past image is a very good card, and I'll use it sometimes to uh, clear a monster out of the way and then swing in for game. So uh, definitely something that you might want to try out. Uh, you could always put in spells or traps that clear back row specifically. You could always run Hey Trunade or anything, you know, any of those staple back row cards. Go for it. But keeping the theme of the Psychic deck, I think Past Image uh, may actually see some play competitively depending on the fit for the deck. So I know I've been kind of harping on what's in the main deck, but let's go into the extra deck and take a look at what I have going on here. I mentioned a lot of the drivers at the beginning of uh, this this segment, but one of the big cards that you're able to make with this deck is Mistworm. It's a level 9 synchro. It requires one tuner and two or more non-tuner monsters. This is the perfect deck to get Mistworm out because all you're doing is spamming level 3 monsters on the field. It easily goes up to a level 9 synchro, and the effect for Mistworm is definitely one of the best we have right now. If this card is Synchro Summoned, target up to three cards your opponent controls and return those targets to the hand. So you could really clear your opponent's back row this way. Uh, any of those monsters that activate effects when they're destroyed, don't worry about it. You're just going to send that monster back to the hand instead. So this is really good. And it's got a 2500 attack. 1500 defense so overall this is an excellent card and don't forget when you're using uh what's the card's name the psychic tracker and you use that as one of the uh, the synchro materials you're talking about a 600 attack boost so now you're talking a 3100 attack mistworm how about that i mean that's really really good so that's what i mean when i say this deck can get super spicy Next card we have is Hyper Psychic Blaster. This is the one that you get from the SR tickets uh, when you're playing PvP. So if you haven't got one copy of it, that's all I have, and that's all I really need for this deck. It's another level 9 synchro. It requires one tuner and one or more non-tuner psychic-type monsters. So there's two ways you can get this out. Either you fill the board with the three level 3 psychic monsters, or when you have a level 6 synchro and you put another psychic wielder onto the field, you can then do the level 6 plus level 3 tuner and get Hyper Psychic Blaster that way as well. Because if you're running those level 6 Psychic um, uh, Synchros in the deck, which, which I am. So this works out great. So it's got a 3,000 attack, 2,500 defense, and uh, the effect is if this card attacks a defense position monster, inflict piercing damage uh, to your opponent. At the end of the damage step, if this card attacked a defense position monster and that monster's defense is lower than this card's attack, uh, use its original values, and if the other monster is no longer on the field, okay, you gain life points equal to the surplus. So it's a really long-winded way of saying you take the difference of the defense and this monster's attack, and you uh, gain a little life point boost. So that could work out pretty nice, too, to give you a little bit more buffer to then utilize Destiny Draw later on in the duel, if it really goes that far. Usually when I get Hyper Psychic Blaster out, uh, the game is pretty well in hand, unless they have something that's uh, kind of unexpected. So Again, when you use the uh, Psychic Tracker, uh, you're talking about a uh, 3600 attack uh, uh, Synchro Monster. Really, really good. Moving on, now we're going to get to the level 6 tuners. I have two copies of Psychic Nightmare. This is the card that I get into a lot for whatever reason. I really like this card. It's from one of the more recent boxes. It requires one tuner and one or more non-tuner Psychic-type monster. 
Uh, once per turn, during your main phase, you can pick one random card in your opponent's hand and call what type of card it is, either monster, spell, or trap. If you call it right, this card gains 1,000 attack until your opponent's end phase. Now, its original attack and defense is 2,400, 1,800, so if you guess right, he's going to be a 3,400 attack monster uh, just based off of getting that correct. And if you use Psychic Tracker to uh, immediately boost the attack as well, if that was one of the Synchro material... You're talking about a 3,000 to 4,000 attack monster that if you clear the board, you can swing in for 4,000 attack, and that's the ball game. So really, really good high potential card. That's why I like to run the two copies of it in here. You don't have to. You could just run a generic level 6 as well. Like I said, you could use that Gaia, uh, the Fierce Knight uh, Synchro card that came in the newest box set too. That may be a pretty good idea as well. Just a you know nice utility level 6. Lastly, I run that HTS Psyhemoth. Level 6 Psychic, one tuner, one or more non-tuner, so it's a generic one. Uh, This isn't in a box right now. This was one of the cards from that limited edition box that came out from the uh, recent celebration. So I was lucky enough to pull a copy. Uh, This is really good. It's a 2400 attack, 1800 defense, Psychic Synchro, requires one tuner, one or more non-tuner. After damage calculation, when this card battles an opponent's monster, you can banish that monster. Also, banish this card. So it, uh, if you're in a pinch and there's a really pesky monster that's going to be staying on the field quite often or doing whatever, sometimes banishing is the way you gotta, uh, you got to go. So you could always Kamikaze or HTS Sihemoth into that monster and banish them both. So um, it's situational, but it does have that psychic synergy. It's a level 6, and you don't always have to activate the effect. It's, it's an optional effect. It doesn't require you to, like DD War, or how you just you know run in and no matter what you're going to be banishing yourself and that monster. So uh, overall, this deck is just a blast. I've really enjoyed playing this one, and I see the competitive uh, potential for it. Obvious issues that you're going to run into with this deck, though, include your typical staple, uh, staples like uh, Canadia and Floodgate Trap Hole. Anything that's going to flip your tuner or non-tuner uh, face down where you can't get your synchro plays off. So that may be the one big limitation with this deck, um, given the way that the meta is, given the way that those staple cards are. Uh, Once they start flipping things face down, you're kind of in trouble and you really can't get your plays off. But that's why I keep Destiny Draw in there, so if my back is against the wall, I could possibly draw into something that I really need to change the game. So, uh, whether that's Psychokinesis or uh, any of the tuners or non-tuners, you could make this thing happen. So, Anyway, I hope you enjoyed uh, my little overview of this deck. And, uh, yeah, I'll hope to see you next week then with, uh, with another deck idea. So take care. Thanks a lot, Doug, for that. Um, check out his Casual Deck of the Week each week on this podcast. So, upcoming news this week. Dual Quest is back. That's just your free, um, you know, reward thing. Last time there was a pretty cool thing where they gave me nothing but gems in one round, so that was pretty cool. And, of course, Sartorius is unlockable late March. I think this will happen the week after. I'm not sure. Late March could be anything, so... There could be a time where we have nothing to talk about next week, 
or it could be the week after. I'm not sure. But we're also going to get improvements to the auto deck as well, as long as uh as 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 well as the other uh, announcements for April. So we're gonna have a bunch of news for that. So that's gonna be it for the, uh, this podcast this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for everyone for uh, talking about the nerfs with me. Uh, I'm gonna try to come up with a new question for next week as well. Uh, listen and subscribe to this podcast. Um, just look up the Dual Assessment Podcast. We're everywhere. I think this podcast is everywhere. Um, podcast has, uh Check out the podcast and more at the website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Email me, thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or you could uh, contact me on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter account for the page is dual underscore assessment or, or me at Green Ranger CCG. So that is it. Uh, it's been a long episode. And hopefully, uh, there's going to be a lot more to talk about next week and for coming weeks as well. Thanks. <laughs>